You're listening to the League of Ordinary Gentlemen podcast with your hosts, Brent and Angelo. This is episode number 74 for your favorite podcast in mind, Categorically Speaking. Angelo, how are you this week? Doing pretty good. I'm actually feeling uh, okay. I would say not as good as Aiden Helmer, um, and maybe My not as good as goodness as Lucas Abanajad and uh, the Subban Sickos. But uh, we'll have a chance to talk about that. No, overall doing well. It's been a great week. Some nice weather outside. Uh, my basement didn't flood with all the rain we got yesterday. So you, all good. You? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm with you with that paranoia. I've got like this. Uh, as a kid, I grew up in a house where our basement flooded pretty much every year, right? And we had a sump pump and everything. So anytime it rains, it's like ingrained in me that that the house that I live in now is going to completely just float away. So I don't, I don't usually sleep when it rains and all of these fun things. But again, here we are. Sun is not shining today, but it will. Um, and I think the sun's going to be shining on the careless whispers, but we'll get to them in a, just a little bit. Hey, uh, did, I, did I tell you I put in a second sump pump in my house? No. Yes. And actually where you live, it was a plumber from your place. So as you know, where I live, because you're from this area and I'm not, yes. used to be a swamp. Yes. Unbeknownst to me yes. when they built our subdivision. It's just built on fill. So it's really quite a wet subdivision. Actually, like there are some homes in the middle of the summer where the sump pump's going off. It's crazy. Yeah. So we got concerned, uh, bad storm, uh, if the weather goes out, our sump pump is screwed. So we got one that works on the Venturi principle. If you, We uh, have that in our house too. I had that put in uh, two summers ago. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Coots, did they do it? No, my neighbor did. He's a, he's, a, he's a plumber. So I bought it off Amazon and then they, uh, they did it. Yeah, but I know who Coots are. Yeah, the Coots plumbing. Yeah. Yep, they, so they they're did. actually a sponsor of this episode. They are actually. We'd like to thank Coots for their support. So yeah, so we have a double sump pump. If the power goes yep. out, we got the one that works on city water. Yep. But neither of us have anything to complain about because uh, I did I send you the pictures that Mike Hughes sent me last year when his uh, sprinkler system went off in his house. No. Yeah, yeah, he had to move out of his house like it was. <laughs> oh man, we shouldn't laugh. But oh, Mike. But, that's what happens when you put a sprinkler system in Kitsilano, Miami Beach, man. That's right. Yeah. Da-dum, 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 da-dum. All right. So listen, here's what we're going to talk about today. We've got some uh, NHL news we've got to go through, some pretty cool stories this week, some pretty big stories this week. Some wacky stuff's been going yeah, on. Yeah, but much bigger news in the Lug. I can't wait to get to that. So we're going to do some Noog, Noog, some Lug news, yeah. uh, our winners and losers, and again, our topic, some pretty topic, big news. Man, yeah. And then our main our main topic is categorically speaking, we are breaking down categories, battlegrounds in each categories, and we've got some pretty important observations that are going to come out of that. So before we get actually, because I know what's on the agenda is talking about Calgary, but can we actually talk about this whole roughing controversy first? That was the, probably the biggest story that came out of um out of uh, the NHL this week is, is the the, uh, the the ref was mic'd up and well he got caught saying something he shouldn't have said he was supposed to retire in April but he's retiring early. Well, we all know that uh, that referees uh, in hockey do even up calls. It's just a you know if you call two or three penalties in a row on one team, you know the other team's going to get a cheap call. It's always been the way, and unfortunately, this guy got mic'd. Why he would say that to the opposing team? is beyond me. Everyone kind of knows it's an unwritten rule and it's yep. going to happen, but for him to come out and say that is is absolute stupidity on his part. So I feel sorry for him that he's loose, but you shouldn't, you, really and truly, you uh, you should not say that. Uh, 
out loud. And especially now, you know, the, the real implication here is not so much the game, but sports betting, it's right? Betting. And that's what Elliot Freeman was talking about, eh? And then he was, he was talking about how big betting and sports betting has become as a source of revenue for, for the NHL, that they'll do anything and everything to protect that piece and the legitimacy of that, right? Well, you've got to be so careful. There was a story a few years ago, an NBA referee got fired, um, and it had something to do with, I don't want to call it match fixing, but there yeah. was, there's, you know, no one more than the referee uh, can impact the outcome of a game. Like, mm-hmm. and now, you know, I wouldn't say that the sport betting arena is the most um, uh, over the table sort of industry. And yeah. there could be some shady influences there. So I think the NHL had to do that in order to, because it's going to be a huge revenue stream going forward is sport betting, right? Yeah, well, and I do have to actually uh, contest your last statement there that there's no other, you know, uh, element that can influence the game as a referee. When I played hockey, they called me the turning point because when I was on the ice, I influenced the game. So you're kind of right, you're kind of wrong. It just depends if I was out there or not. No, we, we called you the turning point because of your edge work. Oh, yeah, because the turning point for you was actually when you would hit the boards, and then you would turn around. That was the turning. The boards were the turning point because oh, you would you would okay. do the the kind of stutter step around, around, around. Then you would be facing the other way, and then you would skate, hit the other end boards, turning point. Yeah, and come back. it was a real mess until I started wearing that full cage. Man, I lost so many teeth. I know. Yeah. And by full cage, you actually wore uh, it like it. The cage actually went around the side and the back of your helmet as oh, well. It, it wasn't. It, it, well, it was, a, it was a cage of, on a cage. It was like, a, if yeah. you think about your full mask shield, and then it's well, it basically like a bird, a bird cage. cage. Well, it was a modified hey, bird cage. Modified bird cage. There we go. Mm-hmm. All, right, okay. All right. So we got, uh, yeah, we got the NHL referee. Um, let's Calgary. talk about uh, Calgary, Calgary now. And Calgary. Mike, Mike Hughes can't be happy about this, but Calgary's on a four-game losing streak, including, uh, you know, a couple of losses to the Sens. And uh, you know, while the Sens are vastly improved, you need to get some points against the team in the last place if you're hoping to catch the teams ahead of you. Um, so it's got to be very concerning, uh, that, uh, you know, Mike's got that Calgary tandem now and, uh, Calgary is just spinning their wheels. It looks like they are team number two to be eliminated in the Northern, uh, division. What do you think? So when, you know, we were talking, you know, a month ago or so how Calgary was like completely rejuvenated when you had, had, uh, had players that were, were performing, uh, you know, at a, crazy pace Goudreau especially seemed to be a completely different player now they're sitting you know with 33 points Vancouver has jumped over them uh they're not far off of the absolute basement in the north with the Sens at 28 so you know no one would have called this it didn't it didn't seem like this at all and and if you have flames on your team if you have those big big players you better be careful um, moving forward and, and and decide if you're going to play them or not because it may be uh, maybe uh, a bad scene for you. Yeah, and then on the opposite end, we have Colorado, and uh, you know you're a huge beneficiary of this. Four games played this week, twenty points for the big line. McKinnon, Rantanen, Landeskog are lighting it up again, and. Uh, those of you that have Colorado players are seeing the benefits of that. That line is full on on fire. Yeah, they, they, seemingly now they've hit their stride. They are now tied for for first um, in the West with Vegas. Now Vegas has one game in hand on uh, you know one game less, sorry less played than them. So it 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 uh, you know obviously it's going to be a very competitive finish to to, to that division. 
but yeah, I'm hugely a huge benefit um, for Colorado. The other player that I, or that I'd like to 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 kind of mention here now, who's seemingly hitting a stride, especially with goals, is Ovechkin. Oh yeah, he's. Um... You know, I, I didn't have any players playing last night, and uh, I noticed I dropped fairly quickly a point or a point and a half, and you had gained the exact same amount because we're so close in goals, and we'll get into this later on. Uh, but it was Ovechkin, right? So uh, you were able to surpass me in the goals category simply because Ovechkin's playing, and I can't anticipate if you and I are battling in that category, eventually I'm going to lose out on that one with uh with you having a, a resurgent uh, Ovechkin on your team. Yeah, absolutely. And it's somebody who, you know, had a bit of a rough start of the season, I would say, you know, obviously with, with the uh, uh, quarantining and then, and then just generally just a, a number of games with very little or few points at all, but coming into their own. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's a big one. Other big news, I think is, Cal- you know, looking at obviously coming back to Calgary, I think they may be, you know, they may be done. I don't know. The, the Mike Mike has to Mike has to really think about what his strategy is moving forward with those goalies. But there's a lot of strategy to be to be uh, thought of and planned accordingly because we are approaching the trade deadline in the NHL very soon within the next couple of weeks, and uh, we have to be mindful of some of these players may be completely different players if they're flipped to other teams, and I think one of those may be is Taylor Hall. Well, I think so. I mean, he he said as much uh, when a player is asked if he would waive his no trade clause, and he he doesn't even hesitate. He says yes. We saw the dismantling starting uh, yesterday with Stahl being shipped to Montreal, um, and now it's Taylor Hall. But here's the problem for Buffalo, in my opinion, is Taylor Hall is a diminished asset at this point. So, um, you know, only 12, 18 months ago, say, um, New Jersey traded Hall to Arizona for a first round pick and a, and a mitt full of prospects. Yep. Um, if I'm a team right now, I'm not willing to give more than if I'm a top ranked team. So say I'm the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Vegas Golden Knights or someone, yeah. I'll give up my first round or maybe because it's so late in the first round. Um, but I wouldn't give up any more. And if I'm another team that's kind of in the mix, trying to make the playoffs, I might go second round and that's, that's it because yeah. Hall has two goals in 30 odd games. Yeah. Um, he's playing like a player who's completely indifferent. Um, he's certainly not, uh, the old Taylor Hall that we knew, and he's also getting into his late twenties, so he may have already hit his prime, and now he's starting that slow decline. I don't know, so that'll think, be interesting. I think so. I mean, it, it really depends on where he does land. The asking coming right now out of, out of the the rumors out of Buffalo is that it is a number one uh, overall pick, um, but Toronto was flush with those, and so are some other teams. So the the, the teams that are in the hunt for him. Apparently, the rumor is it's the Leafs, it's Boston, it's Colorado, um, and uh, there is another one I can't. Uh, the, the, but really, those. Uh, oh, and the Islanders are in, apparently rumored. Rumored. Now, again, you know, you start breaking down who has the draft picks to 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 deal with that. I believe Colorado and the Leafs have some of the, that to to dispense with, um, and. You know, Dubas has said that uh, that uh, he's willing to uh, willing to uh, have a high high yield rental, and that may be maybe Hall. Who knows? Could be. Now, on the opposite end, we got a, a young up and comer, Carter Hart, who is having an equally terrible year, but he's in his early twenties. I don't think that Philadelphia 
and I don't think that Hennessy need to worry about this. This will correct itself. But you're seeing a kid here who the, the, the worry with goalies is you introduce them into the NHL too early and they don't have a chance to develop and they end up not reaching the potential that, that they could potentially get to. And I'm wondering, did Carter Hart, even though he had a magical season last year and the year before, um, is he just getting tired? Is is he just not ready for the everyday you know, grind of being an NHL goalie? I don't know. Or uh, Philly, Philly in itself is a disaster, so maybe this is just a, a product of the whole team. It's interesting. He's 22. They introduced him really early into the system, and that's not normal uh, when, when uh, a team is developing a... Um a goaltender they uh i was watching i don't know it was a commentary the uh i think uh, last night i forget what uh, what game i was watching but the commentators were saying that the nh the nhl for goaltending is a bit easier than the ahl it's more predictable it's less sloppy play um you you do deal with a lot of shots but for, as a goaltender it's it's um an easier route they were saying than the ahl because the type of game I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. But what I do know is that Hart is having an absolute disaster every year. His value, at least for this year, if um, is is not there at trade deadline for us. I don't think for the Lug. And going forward, you will have to wonder: um, is is he going to be um, the goaltender he was predicted to be for the Flyers? I don't know. Well, I would say fortunately or unfortunately for Hennessy, Hennessy is uh, low enough in the standings that he doesn't need to make that decision. Right. But if, he, if Hennessy was in the top three right now, uh, I would be flipping Carter Hart for a, a Philip Grubauer or something. I would be giving him up to win to win now. So um, let's get into some now. So we, we've talked about Hennessy a little bit here. Let's get into some actual Lug news in the last week. And um, we have to start with... Uh, <laughs> Oh, Robbie's team again. Thursday, I don't even know what to say about this. Thursday night is a carbon copy of the previous Wednesday, Philly, New York, and we'll start with um, the Subban Sickles, but then we need to talk about another team in far more detail. Uh, but Mika Zibanejad goes in, does it again. Three goals, three assists, six points, plus three, three power play goals, three power play points, one shorthanded point, a game-winning goal, and five shots on net. That is not a week's worth of stats. That is one night of work for Mika Zibanejad. He has gone from uh, being ranked in the 70s or 80s when Robka had him. Within two weeks, he is now the fifth ranked player in his position. Um, What a trade and what an impact Zibanejad has had on Robbie's team. Yeah, there's, and there's absolutely no sign that this player is is going to slow down. He's full of confidence. Um, he does it again it, it, to prove that it's not would prove two things: one, it wasn't a one-off, and two, Philly is really bad. And uh, I think that may have been the best trade of the season, uh, and also the worst trade of the season. Well, I might go as far as to say if rob monies yeah that might be one of the best trades of all time in the league of ordinary gentlemen and again it shows it shows a couple of things one rob is a savvy manager right he he hunts and he and he, and he sniffs out uh i would say low-lying fruit and he can get something out of them so when 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 that deal was made 
Um, I think there wasn't one manager in, in the, in, in the league that was thinking that Rob won that deal. And here he is. He's not just won it. He's just crushed it. Um, and the second piece is, is that there's a lesson here to maybe hang on to some of those high assets that we have just to see if things develop and change, because it would be a completely different story in the standings if Zabanajad was held onto. I agree. And, um, you know, I look at this, so it was a um, Zabanajad and Warensky were traded for Fiala and Hedman. So Robin gets a great player in Hedman, but yep. I mean, this is, uh, yeah, this is one of those deals that uh, if uh, Zoltak had a do over, I think he would take that. So, for as great as Zabanajad's night was, and our Lug News is strictly looking at Thursday night because it was an insane night in the pool, yeah, we was. need to talk about the notorious GIBB in what probably goes down as one of the greatest single nights for a manager in league history. And I know, I remember Hennessy had one of these nights a few years ago, and I think it might have been the year he won it. Yep. And this is what put him <clears throat> into that top position, and he kind of was able to maintain it. So, um, yeah, let's take yeah. a look at this night for him. Well, we've talked about so we've talked about Aiden's team kind of lacking that superstar quality, and and he he admitted as much uh, yeah. a week and a half ago. He texted me and said, "I'm done. I don't have the horses to be able to come back um, and compete." And when we go through what happened in his night, it. There is no Alex Ovechkin that we are about to talk about. These are all these patchwork free agent players that we've talked about. Yeah. And wherever Aiden uh, finishes up, he needs to be really happy with the way the season went because this is such a bizarre, oddball team to be um, doing so well. Um, so let's talk about some of the stats. Where do you want to start on this? Well, this is, it was, first of all, it was a 21, yes, 21 point night for Mr. Helmer, 16 assists, five goals, 11, 11 power play points, one shorthanded point, two game winning goals uh, on a grand total. Now this is the craziness on a grand total of only 14 shots on net that's crazy when you think about it on that level but what what's even crazier is let's come back to Aiden's text to you saying he's done he doesn't have the horses you know I look at Adam Fox right he's, he benefited from that big eight eight goal night uh from New York but I look at Adam Fox he was somebody who was on my list as a defender uh here here he is five assists guy's got a PRK of seven so he does have the horses. Then you look at Pavelski. He we picked up off the FA wire. He has a PRK of two. And what does he do Thursday night? He gets a goal and assist. So he is getting these performances out of players that really no one gave a second look to. Ryan Strom, everybody kind of wrote him off as well. He had a four-point night. right? So Let's go through this. So, so again, just... I actually love this. I love the chaos that this is causing. But so let's do some comparables. So he has Pajot, goal and two assists. Would you rather have Pajot or Steven Stamkos? Well, Pajot outplayed Steven Stamkos. So um, he's got Van, Van Reems that like, was on the losing end, so he didn't do anything. Uh, Rupi Hints or Heinz or however you pronounce it, three points. 
Joe Pavelski, three points. Adam Fox, five points, including three power play points. Um, a few other players got singles. And then Ryan Strom, goal, three assists, four points. Yeah. Three power play points. So he's getting this from the most unexpected area to have one of the greatest nights in league history. Um, just so hats off to the notorious GIBB for such a crazy, awesome night. And he would admit, too, there's some element of luck here. Because, again, Philly gets shelled and Van Riemsdyk only walks away with a minus one. We're crazy. Right? So so he has a bit of that luck. He has that bit of Lug luck. You know, and then you look down to his goaltending. Not a stellar night in goal. Like, you know, Fleury got shelled um, with five, for five goals lost. You know, and Campbell won 3-2. You know, respectable win. But, again, coming down to it, that didn't detract from his monster jump in the standings. And we'll get to that in a second. And where he is, he is on the rise. You know, forget anything that we've ever said about his season being done or he needs to do a trade. Every week we're saying something different, and it's because the Lug is completely, you know, um, off the rails right now. It's completely unstable, right? And oh, yeah, this is – I think that's the word to, to – it's an unstable pool right now. It's so much I, – I love this season so much, so much fun. Um, so can I just so, – so Aiden, uh, you know, Zabanja has his night. Aiden yeah. has his night. Yeah. And then just before I'm about to go to bed, I get a text from Ric Flair. And there it is. It's just a screenshot that Cam Talbot gets this unlikely shutout. No one would have picked Minnesota or Talbot uh, to pick up the stats that they're getting. But So Blair's looking at everyone doing well, and he just thinks, you know what, I'm just going to do this little screenshot to let everyone know yep. who, the, who the king is. So don't mess with Heisenberg, because while everyone's doing all their pretty little stats, I'm just going to have a nice little quiet shutout and jump to 121 in the standings, and all is well. Um, so what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, he's right now, he's, he's the, he's the uh, you know, he's got that, uh, you know, glittery robe on him, that platinum uh, blonde hair. He's standing in the middle of the ring calling everybody out, and no one's willing to jump in and dance with him because he's that good right now. I know, and uh, and uh, I, the hate is real now. I, I really liked Blair. And then I put up with his greatness, and and now it's just a an underlying well, hate. I think it's a COVID thing. I'm just angry about COVID, and and I'm it taking could it be, out on it him. It also could be just like he's so arrogant now. He doesn't even text you back in full sentences or use any type of sentence structure. It's just like one word pieces. Well, it's because he's got so much media hounding him now. He's he's he is he is he's the real deal. Yes, he's he is he has got every the spotlight on him. But, you know, Aiden is coming up. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, it's just I, 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 I feel a little bit slighted by these one-word responses that I don't even deserve to be in his presence right now. That's the attitude that I'm getting, um, and I'm not liking it. Well, you don't deserve it, and I'm going to tell you why, Brent. Because So we're, we're talking about the positives, again, with the Subban Sickos, with yeah. Notorious GIBB, yeah, with yeah, the yeah. great Heisenberg. And then let's let's get real on what happened Thursday night, which may be the dumbest move that I have seen in league history. You bench Pittsburgh's goalie DeSmith yeah. in a game versus a team that has lost twelve games in a row and can't score any goals. Yeah. Buffalo Sabres. So you play that one safe and you put DeSmith on the bench because you, you don't want to risk it against Buffalo. So 
Do you have any? Did you fall asleep at six o'clock at night and you didn't set your lineup? What happened? I'm not. I'm not going to say that I didn't, but uh, it really comes down to a, a larger overall strategy that I'm running with um, that really does focus on Taylor Hall. Um, and the high value asset that he is uh, coming into the trade deadline for the Luke. That's all I'm going to say because this is part of a larger design. Part, some managers wouldn't necessarily understand it. I think some maybe kind of get an idea of what I'm trying I think, to do. I don't I think, think what you're saying. I don't think you'll understand what I'm trying to do here, because no, again, I don't. I don't. Because again, I am on my way up. I'm moving up. You are kind of moving down. We're speaking two different languages here, and my strategy is obviously paying off for me. This is part of the larger picture. I don't need, I didn't need that piece. What I need is actually the focus to be on Hall right now and the conversation to be on him as we move into trade deadline. And that's the larger part of it. This is what I think, Brent. I think you're. You're so excited that you've gone from 60-odd points up to 90 points that you're, you're riding way too fast on your bike and you look behind you and you, you just ran into a tree because that, that made no sense to me at all. When you say some other managers won't understand it, I think you're talking about the 11 other managers in this pool and anyone who actually does fantasy hockey. But you do say you have a larger picture, which includes giving up important stats like, like uh, shutouts. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to see. But to your credit, you've said all year long you have this uh, long-range plan and you, you started somehow becoming in the upper half of the pool. So I guess yeah. we're going to have to trust that this benching of DeSmith versus the powerhouse Buffalo Sabres was part of that larger Well, it, it is kind of part of it. And I don't want to pull back too much of it because, you know, I just trashed Blair. But really when it comes down to some of these pieces – is this may be one of the greatest um, wrestling kind of uh, to do continue with that a wrestling analogy um, show of all time? I'm 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 about to to blow past everybody. If if Blair is Rick uh, Flair, then I'm Arn Anderson. I'm part of one of the four horsemen, and I'm coming on my way up. And this is part of the strategy. And just wait. I always have thought of you as like was a Brutus Beefcake that wore the leather thing on his arm. Uh, he might have been, yeah. I think so. He he lost every Sunday. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's get into winners and losers, shall we? Speaking of losers, speaking of winners. So uh, on we go into week 11, believe it or not. So almost three months into this puppy. and um, Let's start with losers. I want to do losers this week first. Sure thing, you know. Uh, before we do that, Heisenberg, 11 weeks in a row at number one. Okay, so our biggest losers. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, eh? Uh, yeah, at, num- for him. at number three, uh, Subban Sicko's fall four spots. Uh, he comes in with a, 100 points tied for fourth place. Um, so, yeah, he loses four on the week. But that's you know that's even with that 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 monsters advantage at night. Um, he's sitting at a hundred. He's, he's he's it seems to be a bit of a bit of a, a struggle here. Um, and I don't I don't know if if he can can kind of boost up because again like when the previous week you're sitting in four uh, sorry second place now you're in fourth that's that's a bit of a not much of a point drop in that sense but this shows you how tight things are and how quickly you can fall out of being um you know really relevant in the pool and and how quickly things can change because again we'll talk about the other manager in a second on on uh, how things the standings quickly change in the pool so i don't know if robbie's thinking about i needing to do something but we'll see but here he is sitting in fourth place 100 points with a uh, a drop of four points from last week not good not a good thing 
All right, so at number two for our biggest losers, uh, King, you hear me coming. Nick goes in at minus 6.5, and there is... We're going to need to hold off on a huge analysis on Nick for a moment because in our main topic, I think Nick is going to be happy with what the research is saying, but he loses 6.5. He's in a dogfight in a number of categories. Again, we will see that shortly, but he came up on the short end. I'm thinking um, he's, he's going to need to look at his categories soon and he might need to make one or two. He's either going to go for it or he's got to rebuild at ninth place. 74 points. He can climb quite quickly, but he can also fall quite quickly. So I think that it's go time. I'm giving Nick 14 days to correct what's wrong with his team via a trade and uh, to try to climb back into that money position. What are you seeing? Well, I'm just looking at, you know, this is this is the first time Nick has been, if I'm right on this, the first time Nick has been on the, on, uh, the loser side of the ledger uh, since week one. In and, fantasy hockey, not in life. In- <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, let's just keep it to fantasy hockey. Uh, okay. Dude's perpetually on the odd side of the ledger. Um, but uh, this is not a place where he's very comfortable with. Uh, we'll, we'll break it down a little bit more. He may be a team on the rise. He may not be. Um, Nick, Nick likes to deal, but it all comes down to what his next move is. We are approaching that wire very quickly. And uh, if Nick wants to be the manager he thinks he can be, something's going to have to happen. But it's, it's definitely not happening happening for him this week with a, a drop of six and a half points. But the worst drop of this week uh, belongs to Hennessy. That's got to be all Philly stats. That's got to be Carter Hart. Carter Hart, who now has a save percentage of about 5.22 and a goals against average of like 9.75. And so getting shelled again by the New York powerhouse, New York Rangers, uh, is having an effect on Hennessy. Nothing's good on Hennessy's team. He drops down to 43 points, which is insane. Um, and But we've got some good news for, for Hennessy as well coming up, and I think this one will be a little bit different than, uh, than Nick's, but... Um, you know, he's got Kevin Hayes. He's got the, the Philly guy in that, um, Claude Giroux. I'm thinking that his drop is directly connected to that terrible Thursday night that Philly had. I think so. Um, it just has not been a season uh, to write home about at all for for our guy, Tennessee. And, and he has, you know, been perpetually on, on the losing side of, of – uh, the ledger uh, each week almost. Uh, it's been a really rough season, but you know it. Uh, it's definitely one that it was going to be interesting for him going into trade deadline. We'll see what happens, uh, but it's not another good. Uh, sorry, another uh, poor week and poor performance from uh, Hennessy, and that's a Philly. That's that comes down to Philly. So let's pop over to the winner's side, and, and here's something that's interesting. So I um, kind of put in the template of the winners and losers yesterday afternoon. Because t- it was a very uh, quiet Friday night in uh, in the NHL, and what's interesting was before last night, Zoltok was actually on the loser side uh, for winners and losers. But yeah. he pulls off a shutout last night, has a really nice night, ends up going plus three on the week, and he is tied with I was in the pool who also had a nice night last night. I was just looking because he seemed to have a fairly neutral night, but then he went uh, one goal, one assist, two points. Got a power play goal, two power play points, game winner last night. So for a quiet night, that's a really nice haul for great. for for Mike. So on the strength of a strong Friday night, I was in the pool and Zoltok are our 
tied for our third biggest winners at plus three. Glad to see both of them. It's been a quiet few weeks for both guys, um, or not positive weeks, so I'm glad that they get some good news uh, on this Saturday morning wrap-up. Absolutely, and the three-point uh, uh, improvement from the previous week—that's that's great because there's a lot of games played between uh, in a, sorry in a week, so they're they're definitely trending in the right direction, and uh, so is Heisenberg. So we talked about last week him being out of that magical 120 uh, range. He had 117 points last week. The previous week to that, in week nine, he had 123 and a half clear running away with things we had a different narrative going last week but here he is back again with 121 points with a gain of four points from last week full credit man he's still he's still doing it his team is and and you know what the team was largely sort of dependent on uh, the mcdavid matthews combo to really power his offense sure and was. obviously we had Debrinkat and um ryan nugent hopkins but uh, over the last week, he was able to claw back those points, almost all the points that he lost. Yeah. And not on the power of those guys. McDavid had two points. Matthews only had one point. So really, his uh, Kale McCarr is back. And we talked about Colorado. Benefited huge with five points. Um, but it's the goalies. He gets a shutout from uh, Kudobin, gets a shutout from Talbot. And he got a bench shutout with Chris Drager. But um, two shutouts for the week, and that helps him get into that Sweet spot in the 120s where uh, that's where pools are won. Yeah, you know what? And the real story, the real story this week is is Heisenberg climbing back into 121, but it has to be. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm, I'm getting all choked up. Is, oh, yeah. is Aiden. Aiden with 16 point jump. We kind of just broke through and broke down, uh, you know, his entire epic uh, Thursday night. That's where it's really coming from. But it's a completely different story, and what an amazing story it is. Last week, he was sitting in fifth place at, with 90 and a half points, coming off a week where he was um, the second biggest loser with a 10 and a half point drop. He makes that up, plus he has uh, what would be the, great, uh, the, the, biggest, the biggest win uh, without the other points. Um, with 16 points, sorry, the difference between last week and this week. And here he's sitting in second, 106 and a half uh, points. Very uh, realistically can give Blair a run right now if things continue. Well, Thursday night he went plus 9 or plus 9.5 in the standings. So this isn't just Thursday night. He just had a fantastic week because I had another plus 7 on top of that to get him to his jump to uh, plus 16 and back into second place. So uh, our biggest winner and by a country mile this week was Aiden and the notorious GIBB. So that wraps up our uh, winners and losers, our NHL and our Lug news. And now uh, this one is going to be a lot of fun and a real eye-opener here. Brent, we are going to get into categorically speaking. We have looked at all of the categories in the Lug from goals through to assists, goals against average, so all the forward skater stats, all the goalie stats, and we've found groupings of managers who are within a certain range of each other and how that might play out in the standings. So are you ready for this? Yeah, this is this is going to be 
it's so timely because we are heading in, as we mentioned about a number of times, we're heading into to the the trade deadline kind of uh, season and the trade talk season. Everybody gets excited for it. Um, and I think it's really important now that all managers start looking at how close things actually are and why we are seeing such a flux in standings of uh, night to night, week to week. Okay, so unfortunately, our listeners don't have the benefit of seeing the the visual of this. So I want it's to break gorgeous. down what we are. It is gorgeous, but it's also been set up very deliberately. Um, and I'm going to say oh, good morning from Mike Hughes, 10:22 a.m. So Mike Hughes is now He's awake. Like clockwork, man. He's got his weekly text. So um, the way this works is uh, I'll give you the scoring range. Yeah. Um, and we're going to go from the high score to the low score in the category. We're going to talk about what the spread is, the actual spread. We're going to talk about the implications on the standings, so the range that these managers fall in within the standings. And then there's going to be a chronological order of managers. So the manager who rates at the highest of this grouping will be named first. The lowest will be named last. I think once we get through the first one, guys will kind of understand how we're doing this. So um, let's start with our goals category. So we're just going to go left to right as you watch the standings in the Lug. Um, so goals, this is the range that we've picked out. Yeah. So from 111 goals down to 99 goals, that's the grouping that we saw that's really close together. It's only 12 goals. But in the standings, it's got a huge, huge impact. So can you tell me, if you have 111 goals, where do you rate in the standings right now, Brent? 10.5. Oh, sorry. Four. Yeah, 10.5 to 5.5 points. Like, it's – it's that's <laughs> – this, this, is, this is the incredible uh, close race that things are happening. This is the category I think – you know, I'm kind of a. It's only taken me like 15 years to figure this out, but awakening to this is the category that um, winners uh, get crowned in. Um, it's so very important. There's seven managers in the mix. It is that close. You can be uh, in ten and a half uh, point range or five and a half point range in terms of standings. So, so this has just changed as of last night. So I did this yesterday. So there were some minor changes here, but not enough for us to go through and do this over again. So I was at the top at 111 goals and Whiskey Dick Van Dyke was at the bottom with 99 goals. Yeah. But, so I got 10.5 points and Doug has 5.5. In between, so there's me and then there's you. Yeah. You, here's the thing, guys. You don't want to be the first team named. You want to be the last team named because that means you've got growth. So I'm at the top, then it's you, PMF, I was in the pool, Nick in a box, Subban Sickos, Whiskey Dick Van Dyke Show. Those are the seven managers within yeah. 12 goals of each other, within five points for fantasy hockey. Um, so really this, as you said, this could be one that decides who's in the money and who's outside. There's some big names in here, some guys in the upper to mid range of the pool. And we've got less than 50% of the season, but only 12 goals separating this group. We can expect a lot of movement within this group. As early as last night, you moved ahead of me to top that uh, that grouping of, of managers. This is a category where really, you know, one good night, you know, if Savannah Jada keeps having some of these nights here, this is a category that's going to that's going to really change the overall standing pieces of, of the pool because the impact uh, the the impact it has in other categories as well. Um, I would be worried, as you said, if you're near the top on this one because it's all about growth, and we're razor thin margins on this where 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 uh, people are separated by 
two or three goals. And that's, that's just one player one night. You got it. So um, here's a worrying trend, Brent. We're going to see uh, my team name and your team name appear quite often in this list and uh, at the top, which is not a good thing. And then this for Nick, even though he had some minuses, Nick, stay tuned because there is some good news uh, for you as we see your name popping up uh, periodically as well. Let's go to our second category. For assists, we actually had to group two separate groups. So there are two groups that are really close together. We've got a group on the upper range of 206 assists down to 189 assists. We've got a spread of only 17 assists, which when you're talking assists, isn't that much. In the standings, that means you're either got 11 points, 10, 9, 8, or 7. So we've got five managers in the mix between 7 and 11 points in that category. Who are our five managers? Well, and this is, again, it's coming back to some of, of, the, of, of uh, the season's big boys. Gibby, you, Nick, Heisenberg, and PMF. So this is there's a couple of names in there that, again, um, feature out of this, out of the group one here, features some, some people who need to, to really cling on to some of those leads. But you have some people that are, can pull that lead very easily away from them uh, that are a little bit lower in the standing level. So yeah, so we're looking here, we got our number one and number two managers. So Gibby's currently holding the lead in this grouping. Heisenberg isn't that far behind. Yeah. And this is one of those categories that Gibby doesn't want to give up to Heisenberg if he wants to catch him. So Heisenberg's sitting pretty in this category because he has nowhere to go but up. On the other end, once again, I am very vulnerable and um, it's Nick uh, Heisenberg and PMF uh, behind me and they can quickly catch me uh, as well. So we're seeing Nick appear twice in the mid-group. Nick has a lot of points that he could potentially gain and um, one of the conclusions at the end of this is going to involve Nick and and again, he'll, he'll really like that. So that's assist group number one. Take us to the second grouping. Yeah, so it, it, we broke it into to, to two groups here. And the scoring range with this group is between 181 to 175 assists in that that range. The spread's even tighter than the first group, which is of six assists. So that's, that's one night in the pool. Six. It's one night in the pool. And, and we have four managers in the mix here, but they range from basically the standing range out of, out of this assist is six points to three points. So... Uh, it is. This is even tighter than the first group, and really, it's not really that far off the first group in terms of the scoring range that we kind of went through, right? So, break it down a little bit more in terms of what we're seeing here, Angelo, with respect to this second grouping of assists, and maybe we can loop it back to see the overall impact even on that first group. So, we've got four managers, Zoltok yourself, Whiskey Dick Van Dyke, and Hennessy. Um, so two managers that have uh, really struggled this year, but two managers that are within striking distance of dollars. So getting a point or two here in the standings for you or for yeah. Bowlby could really get you closer to that push for a top three. And then we got Robka and Tony possibly playing the spoiler role uh, in this category as well. So um, we did group them um, you know, into that upper range, which is the guys who have between 11 and 7 points in that category, and then the secondary group, which is 6 to 3 points. Um, but really, if you were to group both, both of them together, it's only 23 assists that would have um, 3 point to 11 points. So that larger group actually is very scary if you are um, 
doing really well right now because you could fall very quickly. Yeah, this this is this is we, we talked again about about goals and how important that category is, but you can't forget about assists here as well. Um, when you break it into down to these two two groupings, things are so close. Um, and this is where I think even in even in some cases, um, more so than goals, uh, uh, where we may see some of these nightly flipovers and changes happen at the assist level because again they come they come a little bit more frequently than goals. Okay, the next group uh, we'll just we'll just spend a moment on. The only reason I did this one is because you've got three guys in the upper uh, money area of the pool, um, and that's points. And we looked up um, the guys who are in twelve, eleven, and ten points for that category, and that's. Um, Sickos, Heisenberg, and myself. So 330 to 316 points, only a 14-point difference. Um, takes you from the top down to the third category or third place in this. And, uh, you know, Heisenberg sits in the middle. So once again, if he catches uh, the Sickos, he gets some breathing room on Warham. I have the opportunity to maybe make up some ground here on uh, both guys, and those are the guys that I'm trying to catch right now. So this is a very important category for uh, Robbie, for Blair, and for myself. Yeah, absolutely. And when you only have really a 14-point difference here happening, again, that's the volatility that 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 uh, you know is is we are experiencing in 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 the league. Blair with you know 327 overall points. He and Rob's they're separated by three points. We know that's going to change. That's probably going to change tonight uh, in terms of who who who's pulling all the 12 points out and who's pulling 11 points out. You're so in the mix as well, and you're one night away from uh, grabbing uh, some more points uh, from from one of those two managers as well. We can't forget though. This is the other the scary piece that Aiden is in. If Aiden continues to have these monster nights, he is so in that mix as well and should be in that conversation too. Can't forget him. Uh, this is another one of those categories is razor thin. Okay, let's go on to plus minus here. So we took uh, the grouping of plus 26 to plus 17, a spread of only plus 9, which again is one or two nights easy. Yeah. Um, in terms of the um, impact on the standings, uh, that's the ranking of nine, seven, nine, eight, seven, six. So the guys that are in nine, eight, seven, six in that category, there's only four managers. Sadly, you're at the top of that group again, Brent. So Whispers, yep. Hennessy, Supremes, and Sickos. Yeah, and this is where things get scary for me because I'm sitting at at at. Uh... Uh, the, the, at the top of this category, I'm really far off that next manager, okay, which is Bowlby. I'm really far off that. That's not going to happen. You know, that there's there, there's a uh, there's over, you know, an 11 point uh, uh, difference there that I can't make up. I know that. No one's catching you. You're at a plus 81. No, that's not going to happen. You've really secured and done a really amazing job this season on plus minus. But this is where things get really interesting, and this is why you never count out those managers that are sitting in 10th, 11th, or 12th place, because this is where they can play spoiler hugely and grab points from managers who desperately need them. And I'm talking about Tony, and I'm talking about Gump here as playing spoilers in this category. For sure. So if, if someone's looking for a category-specific trade um, and they want to catch... So if I'm the Sickos... Uh, this is a really nice spot to be in because he could potentially gain three or four yeah. points in this category, um, you know, and potentially doing a deal with the Supremes or Hennessy where he trades away some minuses in exchange for a player who's in the pluses, um, you know, could 
have him vault over the Supremes, over Tony, and then, unfortunately, over you. And unfortunately for the rest of us, put him into third or second place. And this is where this is where I love it because again, if we're if we're looking at at, at managers whose season hasn't been the way that they wanted to, but at, want to absolutely, uh, you know, put chaos into 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 the pool, why wouldn't they do a trade to get somebody who's going to get them plus minus, right? Why wouldn't they get get do a, do a trade to get some plus that they know they're going to you know, wreck havoc on those managers who want to, like me, who want to climb up. I would love to see that happen. I would fall victim on that. But if Gump or Tony were to actually do a trade for plus to, uh, to, to get to get uh, plus minus uh, that category and throw me right out of the loop because of it, that would probably be one of the greatest moves of all time. All right, power play goals. This one's insane. Um, 37 to 30 power play goals, only seven goals. Uh, we've got six managers within seven goals of each other. And in the standings, that means anywhere from 11 points down to six points in that category. So there's a lot to gain and lose in this category. Um, Gibby's looking good right now at 11 points. But when he looks in the rearview mirror and he sees that the Sickos and Whiskey Dick Van Dyke are within a few goals of that, that's got to be a bit concerning. Um, so we've got PMF, Whiskey Dick Van Dyke. They've got a gain in this category again to push into the standings. And then Zoltok could be the kingmaker. So this is where Zoltok, again, becomes that spoiler. That's right. That's and he's right. got that carrot. And if I'm Zoltok, when this is done, I'm dangling that carrot in front of some of these guys who are potentially pushing for the money and saying, okay, what are you going to give me in terms of keepers in order for you to get into the money this year? This is, this is again, a category that is so close. We have three managers that are tied at 31 power play uh, goals right now. It is so incredible. These are three managers that are making that push. Um, these are three managers that can also see a quick drop as well. I love the fact that Robka is in the mix here uh, in this category. Everybody has, and this is the neat piece by looking at things in, in, by categories, everybody has is having some success here as well and can have that still that impact on the pool depending on how they're uh, they're doing, obviously, and if they're going to make moves to get those categories. But Robka's here sitting there uh, as big-time spoiler and I think big-time spoiler for those man teams that are below him, but also for those teams that are are, um, you know, the three teams that are sitting above him. He's in a phenomenal position here. I love it. Okay, let's take a peek now at uh, the next category. So we're into power play points, and there's only 10 points, again, that separate four managers. And these are at the top end, so we are talking about your 12, 11, 10, and I'm having trouble counting backwards today. Are you noticing that? Yeah, I wasn't going to say anything, but you know what? It's 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 Saturday. It's all good. Um yeah. You're distracted by the fact that Mike is is has finally uh, uh, awake on the on the West Coast and texting you. So it, it it is what it is. This again is a category that that is is razor thin. There's four managers in the mix here on this one, and really it's again same 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 names, right? Mm -hmm. Gibby Gibby the Sickos Heisenberg PMF. Love the fact that we have the big boys uh, as well as PMF fighting it out in this category. That's right. So um, if I'm Gibby, I'm feeling a bit nervous now because I see my name at the top end of this category again. So yeah. he currently has 12 points. Hey, listen, you always want to have 12 points. But when you see that there's only 10 power play points separating 12 from 9 points, uh, you know, that's pretty big. Um, so it's a bit unnerving for Gibby to be hearing his name right now. Um, 
Sickles and Heisenberg can gain some ground. These are, you know, three managers that are battling it out together. Um, Helmer's going to need a strong push from those castaways he has to keep that 12 in the category, or um, he needs uh, the schedule to change so that New York and Philly play each other every night. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> which, 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 which is not going to happen. So, but we'll see what happens coming out of this tight race here in this category. Uh, and, Incredible that we're only seeing ten power play points separating uh, uh, these uh, these four managers. Unreal. Okay, the next two categories are the ones that when I did this, I was like, "Oh my god, I cannot believe what I am seeing." So, yeah, short-handed is, points is insane. This is the spread on this. Okay, we have ten. Count them. Ten managers in the mix here. We pretty much had the entire. Luke in the mix here and the spread on this is three so four shorthanded goals shorthanded points sorry to one shorthanded points we have 10 managers and the standing range is from 10 points in that category all the way down to last and only getting one point in the category and um unfortunately you uh, are with Zoltok and Heisenberg at the yeah. top of this group with four shorthanded points. Yep. The Sickos have three. Gibby, Whiskey Dick Van Dyke, Nick, Hennessy at two, PMF and the Supremes at one. So we were talking about almost every single manager in the pool affected by shorthanded points. Yeah, so in my position, I'm really worried about um, Gibby and I'm really worried about Bowlby as they make their pushes. Okay. They've got the firepower. They've got, they've got uh, the players that have been performing, you know, in terms of these on a shorthanded pieces, they're on the way up. Those that's where I'm looking at big time concerns for me being at the top of, of, of this, uh, this uh, conversation right now. So this really shows that this category really is the most glorious category but the most maddening category in fantasy sports because it really is an important one in our pool it's also a fun one i really enjoy the fact that this one can cause uh, some chaos now yeah. now rob made a very specific trade for zabanajad because he is a shorthanded point guy even though he hadn't been doing it mm-hmm. this year i think that's why he made that deal so rob benefits huge from having Zabanajad's two shorthanded points in the last two weeks. Listen, this is why you have Patrice Bergeron. This is why I, I, I have Bergeron, and this is why you have to be seeking these players out, either through trades or the draft or through the free agent. These players don't exist on the free agent wire. So these these are these are this is where you know if you're really wanting to win and if you're wanting to have that glory, it's coming from yes, we've talked about goals, yes, we talked about assists, but Shorthanded points is a monumental category, and it is razor thin. But Nick, is he going to do the? Is he going to make the run here? So this here's is- the thing: Nick shows up again at the bottom end of a group. So uh, these are great. Uh, this is great news for Nick because he keeps showing up in groupings, but at the lower end of the group. So Nick is poised for a jump in the next couple of weeks. It has to happen because um, he. Yeah. It's just it's a matter of time before he gets a bit of luck. His team goes on a bit of a run, and he sees these jumps. And if he sees a jump of two or three in these four or five categories we mentioned already, he all of a sudden becomes a manager who's in the 90-92 point range. So I would say one of the things we have to – the takeaway is watch out for Nick in a box. Yeah, because we know like in terms of the fall, it's not really going to fall too far, right? 
the climb and the opportunity for him to to push into careless whisper territory um, and the glory that I'm experiencing right now is really real. And that's the concern for me when I look at this uh, this breakdown is, well, and I think it's, to be honest with you, I think it's going to be the concern for you too. We're in trouble. Well, here's where I'm not concerned, to be honest with you. Brad Marchand. As long as he stays healthy, he's always been my shorthanded point guy. Just like you get to see Bergeron in the yeah. coming weeks. We'll get if I didn't have Marshawn, I would be very concerned. But there are very specific players in the NHL who are um, specialists year in year out at getting shorthanded points. And Zabanajad's one, Marshawn is another, Bergeron's another. I think Sebastian Ajo might be one as well. So if you've got those players that typically play shorthanded minutes and get shorthanded points, then you might be okay. But but certainly there will be some movement. Guess who we see at the bottom again? We see Hennessy, yep. who can play Kingmaker. We see the Supremes in there. So this is where some of our managers who might not money this year uh, can actually have an influence on uh, the outcome of who wins and who loses. So you're not terrified. You're not afraid in terms of, of the shorthanded point piece. But I only have to say three words, and you will be quaking here alongside me, game-winning goals. So here we go again. Um Five goals separate uh, this scoring range. Uh, the the range is uh, 19 goals down to 14 game-winning goals. Here's the standings range, which is terrifying. So it's 10 points in the category all the way down to two points, second last in the category. Right. And there are nine managers in the mix. It's me at the top, followed by you, followed by the Sickos, Gibby, Supremes, I was in the pool, PMF, Hennessy, and Nick. So before we get into... The inevitable, this is a bad podcast for you and I, and for Gibby to some extent as well. I think the three of us are the most vulnerable because we tend to appear at the upper end of these categories. Um, I have to say, we haven't seen Mike's name very much in here, which makes me wonder, has he bottomed out or maxed out in some other categories, and he's going to have some trouble making up. Yeah, that's an interesting, we're, not, we're not seeing him in these these groupings, right? Point. No, that's a really interesting point. Is that we're not seeing him in these groupings, which again, again, we may have to take a little bit of a deeper dive in here to see where you know is he on the way up? Is he on the way down? Or is he basically just plateaued? And this is where he's going to finish right now. I guess they, well, he's in the middle of the first grouping for goals. He's in the middle of, or the lower end of power play goals, so he is showing up. Um, he is in this grouping here. Um, so maybe there is, and then once we get into goaltending, we'll see him again. So he's got some play as well. I was concerned I wasn't seeing him at all. So maybe he was out of these groupings, but we do see his name. So, but again, um, when we look at the top four in game winning goals, me, you, sickos, Gibby, that has a huge impact on the upper range of the pool at this moment. This is it's crazy, but but I think again because we don't really talk about this manager because of the season he's been having, and we actually not giving him some of uh, the respect that he is due and the influence that he can still have on the pool, it's coming back to Gump right here. I think Gump can play again in another category. This is the second category that he's come up in, the role of major spoiler, which I absolutely relish and love. Absolutely. We see him and Hennessy. So those two guys play a huge role. and. Um, I need to say one more thing. If you look at this, look at the bottom end of uh, the managers in chronological order in our skater categories and look how many times PMF shows up at the bottom. 
So PMF and NIC might be the biggest beneficiaries of this. They might have huge jumps. They may, they may, they may have absolutely monster jumps um, over over the next few weeks. Time will tell. Um, but again, not a good category for the two of us as we continue to try to fight to hold stay, on to what we have. Yeah, and stay relevant in the pool. Okay, so the next category shots on goals. There's a 300 shot spread in in shots on goals, so it's very difficult for us to group because just. You can make up so much in shots on goals on a nightly basis. It's just too volatile. So I would just say the general assumption is if you can acquire and hold on to a guy who takes shots on goals, it's important at this time of the year. There really was no really close groupings. But if you have a Max Pacioretty, again, that's the Supremes being kingmaker. If you have a guy who's in the top five, top ten in shots on goals, you want to make sure you've got him. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you right now, there is one race that will be decided tonight and that's the race and shots on goal between uh us five shots separates five shots between the two of us right now and you uh you benched a smith so this is part of your this is part of my this is part of Mm. the master plan uh that i have in place but I'll tell you, this is also, you know, it's, it's really hard with the, the top and the bottom spread here. But this is a Category 2 over time has a, has a big influence on, on uh, who can uh, hoist that Keith Primo Cup. All right, let's get to our goalies now. Um, let's first, let's just say goals against, save percentage. Um, there's a lot of smaller pockets of groups. So we're going to jump to the end of our goalies and we're going to talk about the two really important yeah. categories. But there's a lot of pockets of smaller groups rather than one really large contingent when it comes to save percentage and goals against. So there's going to be movement, but in uh, these categories, fairly insignificant. If you have the best goalies in the game, you're going to finish 12, 11, 10. Um, it, it's just the way it is. And then if you have goalies like I do, you're going to be at the lower range, and that's just the way it is. So let's get into We have two groupings for wins uh, because um, this is a big category. Ten managers between the two groupings. Group number one is our upper range, and who uh, is in that upper range, and what is that range, Brent? This is crazy because when you look at it, it's you know it's it's uh, it's Mike, it's Bowlby, it's PMF, it's Gibby, it's Nick, and this range here is is between thirty six to forty wins. The spread is only four wins. Like that's a lot. Like when we talk about the next, there's is a bit of a bump down, drop down to that next grouping. So this is these are clearly the big boys in this category here, and the standing range right now. 12 points to eight points uh and there's five as i said there's five managers in the mix uh but with razor thin margins here yeah so doug we know he's got vasi and when you got vasi you're going to be performing well but he only uh leads uh uh mike by one win that's that's philip grubauer right there right so um he really needs to maintain. Uh, Doug is is very relevant in the pool. He's very much in that uh, money category. He's got to win or get 11 points, 11 or 12 points in this category. PMF, Gibby, and Nick, they're seeing some positive traction here. They're within striking distance of the top. And um, again, we go back to Nick. Uh, he's a dark. He's, he's really a dark horse here. Um, so watch out for him. But that's 12 to... Uh, Eight points up for grabs in that category. Our second grouping is a huge drop. Huge. 29 to 27 wins. So there's only two wins that separate uh, five guys, seven points, down to three points up for grabs in the standings in the wins category here. And um, 
broken record time. I am at the top of that grouping. You are right behind me, and then it's the Sickos, and then the possible Kingmakers, Zoltok, and Hennessy. So listen, this is very worrisome, I think more so because at least you have one game up. There are three managers right now that are tied for 28 wins here, and that's Robka, that's Warm, and that's myself. That is that is worrisome. Um, it's going to be worrisome for you, but I think, again, this is something that I could see a drop tonight, right? This is, this is something that, again, especially with the goaltenders that I have, I'm surprised I'm even in the conversation and, and group two for this year based on the start of my season. But then again, uh, this is a, this is going to be, uh, one of those, uh, night by night kind of pieces that you're going to see huge change coming out of, uh, the standings. Absolutely. I almost feel like pausing this podcast so I can get on the phone with Zoltok or Hennessy to see if I can save myself in this category. So um, let's get into our last category here. We're going to round it out. Shutouts. Yep. Shutouts huge. Five shutouts down to three shutouts is our scoring range. Only a difference of two shutouts, but in the standings, there are nine managers in that range, and there are 10 points down to two points up for grabs in the shutout category. Um, take us through. The this nine is, managers. So again, we have Heisenberg, the Patriots, the Whispers, Bowlby, uh, Warham. We have Gump again. This is this is excellent uh, in terms of 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 uh, of uh, his role as as Kingmaker or Spoiler. We have uh, Robka, PMF, and Hennessy. So this is this is again most of the pool is involved in this category is in the mix on some level here is in the conversation here and i think more importantly than anything when you have gump and you have hennessy in the mix who are at the bottom of the standings and zoltok and zoltok they're going to reign terror and chaos um if they get a shutout it's going to pull those points away from the people who desperately need them to money yep so for me the the shocker was that that Heisenberg has more shutouts than Bowlby. That's crazy. Um, you know, but we have Heisenberg who is finally a bit vulnerable, but really not much. And then there's you and I sitting at the top there again, not good for us. We know whiskey Dick Van Dyke's going to do fine. Cause uh, Vassie is going to get another 18 shutouts this year. Uh, the sickos are in the mix as well. Um, and with Robin Leonard back, we could see a real uptick for the sickos. And then as you said, Supremes Zoltok PMF might dangle a goalie. Um, Hennessy, Supreme Zoltok, Hennessy, they're your kingmakers, guys, if we can uh, make a deal here. Um, so let's kind of wrap this up, Brent, um, and let's go to um, very quickly some of the conclusions we can take from here. So I'm going to look at our overall standings, and I'm going to say Blair really doesn't appear a whole lot here, which is a good sign for him. Yeah, he he. This has been a good news story for him today. His name's not popping up. When it is popping up, it's not really that much of a worry. So when we go to Aiden, I think there are some categories of concern where it looks like Aiden is getting peak points right now, and he would really have to push to jump into that upper grouping. Um, so Aiden's going to need to keep the momentum going in several categories. He's not the manager I'm most worried about, but certainly there are some signs here that Aiden might be over performing in uh, some specific categories. It's been such a bizarre season, though he might just blow the roof off and win this thing. Yeah, and that, that may be the actual reality, and that's maybe what we're seeing right now, is the, the beginning of a fairy tale story for uh, Helmer. For Bowlby, we're seeing him largely in the middle of these groups. Um, so kind of neutral news for him, good and bad news. He's got growth, he's got area to drop, 
but he certainly uh, has earned his position as third place right now and could see a bit of a jump or could see a little bit of a fall, but he's in the mix in many categories. Our first real concern is the guy who's tied for fourth right now, which is me, and it looks like I've peaked. Yeah, this is. It looks if 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 we're looking at this, you know, kind of looking at it objectively as and as 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 best as we can, it does look like you've peaked. And the manager who you're tied with looks like they're poised also to grab some of those key points away from from uh, other managers and is on the rise as well. And that's the sickos. Yeah, so Warren, we're seeing largely in kind of the middle group where he has a lot of a lot of. As I'm just go up and down the spreadsheet, I just see the sickos almost in the middle of every category where he appears. One, he's closer to the top. One, he's closer to the bottom. But uh, very concerning for me as someone who's in direct competition. But I think Warham is, uh, like Doug, uh, sitting pretty, doing well. Um, I was in the pool. I think we, we talked about him as, as having some areas of growth. So I was yep. concerned we didn't see him. But then we started to see his name pop up. Um, and that's what you're seeing him climb. You're honestly seeing yeah. him climb over the last week, and you're seeing the flipping back and forth where you know from from sixth to seventh uh, to fifth, and all these types of places where he is in. He is he is in a great position moving forward to grab points away from uh, from other managers. So uh, the next two guys are the two guys that I would uh, put the asterisks beside. Watch out for them. Uh, PMF and Nick in a box appearing largely in this podcast at the lower end of the categories, which if it was the end of the season would not feel good, but with so much runway left, they have the potential to really make some significant jumps here. So ladies and gentlemen, watch out for uh, Marshall PMF, watch out for Nick. Can you hear me coming? They could have a serious uptick in the standings in the coming weeks. And I think I think we are going to see that. I think we're we're, we're seeing uh, them situate themselves right now as being you know uh, poised to make those jumps to pull those points away. My concern is that how close they are in certain categories that they're in the right spot. That is, I'm going to be the victim, and then you'll see a uh, because they're closest to me. You're going to see a monumental pull from uh, from my points and, and a drop for me and it's going to benefit those two managers that's the worrisome right piece right now and then let's talk about our last three guys we can kind of categorize them together because we saw zoltok hennessy and the cutlass supremes appear in many of the categories um and they have a chance they can be very deliberate here in yes. taking themselves out of the category by making a trade for futures so this is where you can make a trade for a guy who's currently performing and you get yourself a nice, cheap, high-performing keeper for next year and you go into next year's draft sitting pretty. Um, Zoltok did that when he traded Zabanajad for um, Hedman, not to the results he had quite expected, but there are players on each of these teams that can really have a serious positive impact on other teams while they pick up some assets for next year. Oh, absolutely. They, you know, when when we're talking about these three managers right now, and I especially, you know, going to zero in on Hennessy and, and the Supremes, not not great seasons, but they have assets that managers want and that they could sell off. They are in the mix to to play kingmaker or spoiler. It's up to them that role that they want to do in terms of moving forward. But this is where the exciting. This is where it is being. And I've, I've been here. You know, I'm here every year. The exciting 
part moving into to draft deadline. Uh, sorry, sorry, trade deadline um, in the league is if you're at the bottom and I'm there every year, so I know what you know how it feels. Is that you can decide how you are going to impact the pool. I've done it before in terms of the trades that I have, uh, in terms of making king deals and then of wrecking some people's uh, seasons. Um, it is a fun spot to be in despite not winning. All right, so that's it, guys. So there's lots of play left, lots of movement left in the standings and lots of potential deals to be made. And that is Podcast 74, categorically speaking. Absolutely. So next week, 75, what's on tap? Well, I think, Brent, uh, next week is uh, Easter, or so-called Easter. Um, (laughs) Fake Easter. So I would have to say that maybe we need to have uh, the Easter Bunny show up with... uh, we're going to hide some eggs and talk about some uh, Easter eggs in the pool. How does that sound? I love it. Sounds great to me. Uh, it's going to be another good one for sure. Can't believe that this is going to be uh, the 75th uh, uh, episode uh, that we'll be recording uh, in that our, our listenership has been been growing uh, week by week. Before we stop, so uh, uh, my wife is on to this. Eh? Like, we were talking this morning. She said, how long are you going to be? Because Saturday is our chore day, shall we say? <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> She said, how long are you going to be? I said, oh, about, about an hour and a half. She said, why is it an hour and a half now? You yeah. used to say it was going to be 45 minutes. Then yeah. it was an hour. Now you need an hour and a half. Yeah. Well, it takes the morning now. Usually now we're going to book uh, pretty much all of Saturday. Um, I think she needs to come to understand that um, we're a media conglomerate we're a media corporation this is just part of our larger brand and you don't get as big and as popular by putting in half hour shows kelly you don't get coots to to sponsor this episode that's right without putting in the effort that's right and that's something um uh she needs to know and i think probably while you're folding laundry today you need to explain that to her that sounds like a plan have a great weekend boys (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Take care, guys.